It's, I mean, it's like when they do the live TV shows, you watch it, I think, because you're expecting someone to screw up. Right, exactly. I don't know. She DVR'd it. I'll watch it. Yeah. See some Neo and Mary J. Blige. I, I love Mary J. Blige so much. Oh, I'm sure she kills it. Yeah. Cool. All right, I'm ready whenever you're ready. <clears throat> All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story, an unofficial podcast about the FX hit show American Horror Story. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host and his dog. Chris Husted, and Lou is trying to join in on the podcast. Lou is a huge American Horror Story fan, I hear. Mm -hmm. He loves it. He sleeps through it right next to me. Because he's absorbing it. Yep, exactly. He's too scared of it, but he loves it. It it gives him chills, just like sometimes... Oh, yeah, that's him being scared right there. <laughs> He's scared. <laughs> anyway. Oh, anyway, my friend, how are you doing? What are you drinking this evening? Pretty good. I have a glass of uh, red wine. It's a Cabernet, I think. It is. I'm sure. I'm certain of it uh, because my parents bought it for me when they were visiting. It's called think... Radio Boca or something like that. Anyway, what are you drinking? I think Liz Taylor would approve of that. Oh, she would. Uh, I'm drinking a pernicious ipa from wicked weed brewing in Asheville, north carolina which is awesome i recommend it to anybody passing through that wonderful mountain village um and lou is drinking water boring yeah lou get on get on our level come on man (laughs) um so much exciting well well can we can we say one thing first of all i know we put it on facebook too but tyler called it Oh, I did. We'll I will. It, I will. But... Say, yes, I did call it, and I will say that at this point. Well, okay, we will get to it. I will. I will be patient for a second. <laughs> I'm going to begin by saying that a few things. First of all, love the conversations going on. We really encourage you guys to continue contributing to the conversation um, at our Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash This American Horror Story, and uh, by emailing us at This American Horror Story at gmail.com. We hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I think people had a lot of time to stew about different theories, and we got some great ones. Um, we, I did want to share that what was an interesting fact that I did not know before um, that we got on uh, via email from Jocelyn, who shared that Valentino and Natasha were real people from last episode. Do you remember? Awesome. They, yeah. they are not fictional characters. Those are they were real people, and um, I guess that they they were really they actually were really into Egyptology, and like there was some weird stuff going on. Um, with them in real life, and then, then they kind of fell off the map. And so um, that was a real plot line. And, you know, American Horror Story does that quite often, pulls something from, uh, you know, horror history, I guess, and, and applies it to the show. Um, and I did not know that these were actual characters. I thought they were made up. But the fact is that they were real people, and I encourage everybody to go and, and read kind of their bios on Wikipedia because that was pretty fascinating. That's cool. Um, and I always I enjoy it when they incorporate like real life mysteries or real you know that kind of thing into the show. So I thought that was kind right. of neat. Um, so thanks for sharing that, Jocelyn. Um, and of course, before we get into it, I do want to say we also appreciate your reviews and uh, critiques and all those kind of good things on iTunes. So check us out on iTunes. Sincerely appreciate it. Um, keep commenting. And anyway, let's get into the Ten Commandments killer. Let's do it. So. Let's, like you said, let's get it out there. Low, 
Low is, is the Low is the Ten Commandments killer. There it is. There it is. It's out there. Hope you watch the episode because we just said it out loud. Now, I would say that in the past three episodes, all signs. I mean, it, it's not horribly. This was not a great stretch if you had been watching the past three episodes mm-hmm. and kind of followed all the clues that have been laid out. However, <laughs> I think that you and I discussed this back in like episode one or two as a very potential possibility. So, even though at this point I think everybody probably called it, I think that we did indeed call it earlier. I think that's fair to say. Let's toot the horn. <laughs> I'm going to toot it, and if you want to go back and review episode one and two, I do think that we called that pretty early on. Yeah, I think I think you did. I think I said, oh, that's a good idea. But then well, I, I, don't, think we really, I don't think you disputed me. <laughs> I didn't, yeah. Um, I think we wrestled with the idea, of, and I think I want to get to this with you after we go through the episode but you know is this you know was was the obvious um i well maybe it's not that obvious to everyone but was it seemingly so obvious was that a good idea for the show to do that right but anyway let's go through it yeah okay so this is a pretty singular plot line right um which is not something well we've seen it happen this season but not really in pre like rarely it's kind of mm-hmm. unique to this season. I think that we saw it kind of in the episode with um, the Countess, mm-hmm. with Natasha and Valentina, right. which was, I think, now two episodes ago, maybe. Um, or maybe it was last episode. Well, basically, th- yeah, it's a relatively recent development that we've seen somewhat continuous plot lines from a single character. And, e- I mean, even then, I think we've had little interactions from other people, but this one was pretty much... I mean, other characters appeared. Right, but it's totally driven by Lowe. This is John Lowe's story. Discovery, yeah. And it, and it, I mean, it serves to answer a lot of questions and that we've maybe raised in the past and potentially raise some new ones. So, let's go ahead and kick things off. Um, it, the episode obviously immediately kind of uh, starts off where we left last episode, which is when Ren jumps in front of a car. Mm-hmm. And Lowe just kind of very suspiciously wanders away from the scene of the crime. Um, although I think it's pretty quick that we learn that... Um, he has been there before, or, you know, that um, everybody kind of knows he's been there, so it's not necessarily like he's totally dismissing everything. Um, the first kind of uh, new interaction we see is we see Liz Taylor for the first time since Tristan was killed. That's right, and she's clearly dealing with the death of Tristan. That was the first thing I noticed. Like, we see um, we see uh, Lowe dealing with Ren's death, and we see... Um, Sorry, we see uh, um, Liz Taylor dealing with Tristan's death. Sorry. Three and things Lowe, over here just happened at once. Right. And Lowe is, like, all strung up at this point, and he's kind of on a mission. He's going to figure out who this killer is. He's going to sort everything out. Um, Liz Taylor gives him a gun to go, if you're going to handle this, here you go. This is what you're right. going to need. And Sally kind of Sally shows up in the background and is like, you really want to know? Okay, I think it's finally time that we And even then, it was like, you knew at this point, right? You're like, okay, this is for sure. Because there's no character it could be besides him. Well, Unless it was a new character. but Well, and especially at this point, then we show up at room 64, which is his room. And yep. he's like, is this a joke? And it was like, okay. Okay, well, buddy. Now. It's you. You dummy. Right. And so we kind of get the backstory, and it answered that question. You know, the, the clock in the room rings every morning at 2.25 a.m. or whatever it is, mm-hmm. which is when um, James March killed himself, which I think had been theorized in the past. Right. So that was a good call by a listener. Um, Sally kind of tries to talk him out of this realization. Maybe she feels like once he knows, he will go 
full insane, which I would say he kind of does by the end of the episode. Which we've been looking for. Right. Um, and, I mean, honestly, it's, I think we even said last episode, it's kind of been building this for way too long, so I'm yeah. glad we kind of got to this point. Yes. Episode where we ate. Right. Um, yeah, episode eight this time. So, you know, they move the armoire. They go into this giant safe filled with um, poorly preserved body parts, which are like the trinkets of murder. Um, this, I mean, this was almost a little bit uh, freak show. You know, you're oh, looking totally. at these like I, you know, body parts preserved specimen in... containers. Yeah, it's right. very. I mean, it's I don't know, it's like Narnia, but like disgusting. Right, I guess like behind the behind the wardrobe, you know. Yep. Oh, that is kind of creepy. It's a really horrible, gross world that he gets kind yeah. of awakened to. Um, and obviously, there's ten of these because there's different trinkets that are collected from everybody who's broken the Ten Commandments. And at this point, when we're looking, we only see I think uh, two of them have been done, or three of them have been done by March. I think it's two. Two. Uh, the hand was cut off. I think that was "Thou shall not steal." And then the teeth were the the laborers laborers for working on the Sabbath, keeping right. keeping the Sabbath holy. Right. I think it was two, and maybe correct me if it was more than that, because I think that there is. Uh, I'm trying to. Okay, so I wrote down later how many are left at this okay. point. Yeah. Because um, I, you know, we also he also did, um, you know. Uh, he got the um, pre. So he did the two brothers who like did, you know did something or like um, disrespected their parents. So that was one. Um, so far, he's also done the. Um, Obviously, his first killing was the false idols with the uh, right with the with the guy with the Oscar, right? Um, and then he did the, the adultery pre. Oh, he did adultery, yeah. And then he did the priest, which was um, was that the not, shall not bear false witness, right? False witness. So those are the ones. And at the oh, end, no, I that's the Lord's name in vain. I forget. I think it might be vain. Oh, no, I False think, Witness is the gossip website, people. The gossip website was False Witness, and then the one was vain. And so yes. I, at the end, I wanted to talk about the ones that are left and what it could possibly end up being. Right. Um, so, I th- yes. So we see all these kind of trinkets that he's collected, and basically we get the realization that he is, in fact, been the Ten Commandments killer all along. And, in fact, he kind of is like had a dual personality disorder kind of thing is what we end up basically coming to the realization. Tyler Durden. Yeah, it is kind of a little bit of a Fight Club kind of kind of scenario going on, except uh, much worse than that because he's become a crazy killer. Yeah. <laughs> so Lo then goes and confronts his old partner Andy, um, and basically at first it seems like he's there to confess, and uh, Andy's like, "No, it couldn't have possibly been you." So apparently, Lo's other personality has been somewhat discreet about it. Mm-hmm. Really discreet. He's handled this pretty well. Well, and you know, so much so well, that he doesn't even know he's doing it. <laughs> well, now he does. Right, he gets to the right. point where he's had that realization, and Andy's like, "No, it couldn't possibly be you, because you've only been the Cortez for a month or something." He's like, "Actually, my first time in the Cortez was five years." Five ago. years ago. So we start to fill in some Enter gaps here. Flashback, twenty ten. Right. right, which is after the killing we've already witnessed, where the guy blew his brains out on the ceiling, and all his kids had died because of that right. asphyxiation. And we kind of knew that Lowe had gone on a a sort yeah. of bender, disappeared for a while, but we didn't know. That he'd actually gone to the Cortez right. during that time period. Um, well, I mean, it fits. You know, he yeah. said his excuses that they were, you know, how many establishments are open that late at night for drinks. Right, right. And he saw the sign for the martini, and there's Liz Taylor ready. To, or there's Liz Taylor, but there's also 
Sally is at the bar, and um, it was actually Donovan. nice to see Donovan again. I was like, oh, Matt Bomer, I forgot you're on here. It's been a little while since we've yeah. seen Donovan. Uh, so Donovan is the one that pretty much ends up bringing him to James March. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the is... night of with his... with, with Right, countess. his one night a month with the Countess. Yeah. Um, so I guess I want to ask you, what is Donovan's motivation here? That's a good question, because what allegiance does he have to James March with the exception that he lives in the building so because I mean this is helping unless he's that sadistic as well but he doesn't seem that sadistic compared I mean he's sadistic in the sense that he feeds on blood to stay alive and and whatnot but he doesn't seem to be like oh I want to go you know um, foster this serial killer It seems like there's a couple ways this could go. Maybe he's jealous of the time that March and the Countess spend together, and that's a good, his intention that's was in order to break it up and to give March a distraction so he could have the Countess back to himself. Because obviously we know he's desperately in love with the Countess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other kind of uh, ongoing theme I would say we, we get in the hotel is that people who kind of um, do March's bidding a little bit and like right. bring him almost like sacrifices right. seem to then be treated better in the hotel and not kind of be stalked by spirits and different things so maybe it's a good know, point like he, sally right so maybe that's how donovan also dead like sally is mm-hmm. keeps drillbit dildo off of his back right is by providing similar kind of sacrifices to march to keep right. him happy i love by the way when i forgot to say this when uh when uh he walked in or when uh low walked in he's like what is this a costume party <laughs> i thought that there was some fu- there was some fun acting going on in this episode i i liked Lowe's drunken, like, um, by the end of the episode, I thought Lowe was awesome. I liked oh, his yeah. new, like, killer personality. Yeah. Also, I, this was, this, I think this was kind of Evan Peters' episode in a lot of ways. He's um, great. I thought he was fantastic. Like, when he freaks out at, like, the doorbell ringing when Donovan shows up and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was super entertaining. I, I really like James March as a character. Um, I want to point out that Ryan Murphy actually wrote this episode, and for, sometimes not doing the best i thought he did a pretty good job i think he did do a good job and i i think that it was yeah this is kind of like we said a little bit of a different trajectory than a lot of typical episodes we've seen i think that it was significant because obviously revealing the ten commandments killer was a big deal right right um I, there was a lot of philosophy in this episode, surprisingly. Um, there was. You know, March and, and Lowe end up talking a lot about justice and about justice life and death and, and different death things. And yep, exactly. There's some good quotes that I kind of wrote down here. One is that March says something about uh, to Lowe, like, you speak about this as if life and death have no meaning to you. And then Lowe says something like, I'm a homicide detective. All I know is that death has no meaning. Yeah. And that's kind of what like flips March to decide that he kind of wants to have that one-on-one yeah. with Lowe. I think Lowe, he says, death is the only thing in life that has meaning. Oh, is that? Okay, that was Yeah, which is like, whoa. (laughs) That's heavy, man. But also, you see like a a twinkle, a sparkle in March's eyes where he's like, all right, this is my boy. I've been, um, thank you to the headhunter recruiter Donovan for bringing him to me. uh, And this guy's going to, he fits well. Let's see what we can do. Right, so they start sipping absinthe, and then they start really getting into the nitty-gritty for, like, two whole days. All they do is stay up and talk about justice. Um, And March talks about the kind of... It's kind of a practice that's been brought up in different horror here and there. The idea that, like, when you take a photo of somebody, it captures somebody's kind of aura, or, like, you know, their inner spirit, basically. And 
Um, March talks about how distinct, how he kind of has come to be able to recognize, especially in death, it sounds like people's auras. And, you know, they're different colors and they represent different things. But right. how Lowe specifically was black and darkness, Which kind of from is, the beginning. Right. And he says that could mean two things. One is it's a, a protective cloak guarding himself. And the other thing is uh, this, like, desire for control. And we, I mean, that's been very heavily handed to us. Just like, I, you know, they even had that line where Alex, you know, Lowe was saying he didn't want to drink. And Alex was like, you're not even an alcoholic. Why are you so in, trying to be saying so in control all the time? Mm-hmm. That's right. Good, good callback. Uh, so obviously at this point, Lowe has lost a lot of that control the way he's yeah fallen off the wagon. And, you know, kind of his split, his split personalities have basically converged, I would say, at this point in time. Yeah. Um, but you know, March and him talk a lot about um, the nature of justice and life and um, hatred inside of people. Yeah, and I think John Lowe even says, "I wrote this down." There's no such thing as justice anymore. So they talks about this kind of kind of inspiring him to be this vigilante almost. Right, which is a little bit interesting because it's, I mean, obviously March doesn't seem to be a whole, uh, very discriminating in the type of person he decides to slaughter. But maybe he has more than we realize because when he ends up showing that trophy on his wall, uh, maybe he does see the shitty in people. But then again, you know, he killed that guy who was praying and it seems like March, I mean, maybe he's, maybe March is more just exploiting Lowe's potential weakness. You know what I mean? Um, But obviously... It seems like probably Lowe and Alex, John and Alex, kind of had their marriages maybe on the rocks to begin with, but it certainly didn't help when John starts spending, you know, all that time. two nights away. Yeah, yeah. I remember she's. He's like, I'm not having an affair. I promise. She's like, I know you're not having an affair. If you had an affair, you'd call me to make up an excuse. But he never even calls. Right, and he proposes going to the beach as sort of like the solution to make the happy family better. Little does he know that March is all along promised Holden effectively to the countess exactly that's the whole other side that's going on the the that march is exploiting um you know john loafer to eventually take over his business or whatever as the as the ten commandments killer but also when we see um using john and holden as uh you know as pawns between the countess and and march and their relationship uh, he promises her holden Right, so we kind of get the motivation and why all of a sudden she randomly picks She's okay him. with it, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that we kind of... I think that that's kind of an important piece that was missing before about, like, why why Holden? Why did she just all mm-hmm. of a sudden show up at a beach in the daytime, in the sun, which is not her typical thing to just take this child? Yeah. Um, which happens. But I, I, I kind of liked... The, I enjoyed the dynamic between Lowe and Marge as he's kind of starting to come around to it it's great and you see march and perhaps this is how he got the countess originally too he's quite a master manipulator you know he as soon as holden's gone oh man he exploits the hell out of out of uh that John pain Lowe's yeah pain to get him over to the side and get him completely planted in the idea in the idea that he needs to be this killer this i also villain. loved i really loved the line when they're eating foie gras mm-hmm. and um i think or um what's her name yeah, uh, Matt, 
Madge Winningham, who I, I'm trying to remember what her, she, you know, she's the housekeeper basically. Right. Um, who loves she, blood stains. Her line was that like foie gras is, <laughs> she says like foie gras, it's surprising how delicious a bitter cruelty can taste. <laughs> yep. And I, I mean, that's just so representative of what's going on between, you know, March is trying to basically push uh, a taste for cruelty, or not, I mean, a taste for violence basically to low. But it's surprising, really, how long it takes Lowe to actually finally act on this vigilante justice that's almost been percolating for, I mean, five years, almost five years, you know? Right. Um, basically, eventually, March takes him into that trophy room and shows him, you know, all the different animals, and then the head of the accountant that's hanging on the wall that was, like, take, you know, he was, I think he said he was stealing money from, he was embezzling money from March or something like that. I mean, he had a, he had a reason for basically killing this guy, but I thought this, this was kind of like a spooky scene when they're in this dark hallway and all there was, was like a candle or a flashlight or whatever. Miss Evers. Sorry. I just remembered. Right. Miss Evers. Yes, that's Sorry. right. <laughs> um, and so I, I enjoyed, there, there was, that was one of the, the dinner scenes I enjoyed and then this mm-hmm. whole kind of you know march kind of finally builds up to revealing like look i'm a killer i kill human beings as part of you know vigilanteism and so should you and and lo eventually balks at it or box at it but yeah then uh, he comes around especially after he's kind of um with the whole um pedophile guy with the photos he starts playing that up and that that really pushes it, it or um uh, March says all he needs is a big shove or a shove and that's the shove with Donovan or sorry God, Holden leaving and then s- seeing Holden in this other little boy right March sets it up with like basically this pedophile mm-hmm. um, there was a couple things that were a little bit confusing here it seems like that that was an actual case that Lowe and his partner Andy tried to work out but maybe they didn't have enough evidence to convict the guy right because he references it in the morgue when they're talking about something and he's like oh it can't be that because blah 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 happened and i was like what is that i even rewound it like once or twice and i couldn't really catch what was being said there so it does sound like it was one of the cases but i don't know what happened. my understanding from it was that this was like a case that maybe it was you know they weren't able to pin it on him so the guy was never actually convicted but it was something that they heavily suspected obviously for low with the help of march and so that's kind of what sparked in him this vigilante desire to go and personally attack this guy there was another great line in here too um where sally talks about um the the so so this is what happens lo ends up killing this guy with the gold statue which i'll I'll note that later he then sends it to himself so it's like his person one personality is interacting with the other personality it's odd um but I liked the line about that Sally was talking about after Lowe tries to hang himself that like the other Lowe was always there like the way smoke gets into your clothes. Just talking about I thought that was a, that was cool. That was yeah. well written. Yeah, Sally's always there. Sally's I mean straight up dating him. I mean half of him. Mm-hmm. 
And we, you know, we, yeah, we learned that they've had a relationship for like five years. And so they, it makes a lot more sense now, the kind of the scenes we've seen them sleeping together and that kind of thing and kind of how much closer. And also, I think even in the very beginning, when Iris, I think when he first walks into the hotel, she says like, you're a sight for sore eyes or something like that. Yeah, like, or like, how'd you know as a cop too, that stuff, right? Yeah. It, you know, it was very, she was very familiar with him. And, and we so thought that, that all she makes was more saying sense. something like, oh, he's a handsome guy, but really she's seen him come and go for five years and not ever knowing which one he was. Mm-hmm. And same with Liz Taylor too. Um, and we also learn a little bit more about Sally's agreement here. I think her and March discussed that what we predicted that basically Sally's different tasks around here. Um, she serves March to the degree that she can keep this demon off of her. Right. Uh, the drill bit dildo. It seems like she's also responsible then for feeding this demon, so that way it yes. can come after her, which would explain, um, you know, the attack early, you know, very early on in Gabriel and that kind of thing. Which again, like I, I had to like hit rewind like two or three times to try to catch everything that March was saying, but it sounds like that they have an arrangement where somehow Sally conjured that demon or something like that and needs to feed it, or she's its caretaker. I don't know. Maybe we'll get into it a little more. I, who knows with this show, but yeah, they they, they sprinkled in a lot of like little story story details about other things that are, have been happening. They're like, wait, what was that? Mm-hmm. And then you, it, it's this plotline in particular. It seemed like kind of sprinkled in quite a few little yeah. holes that maybe we'd brought up off offhandedly before, right? Um, and so you know, we also learn why Lo can't remember, um, every, you know, his his split personality up until this point. And, I mean, it's a little bit of a convenient excuse, but I think it worked. You know, Sally says that Cortez is a selfish mistress and that she won't let him take his personality outside of the hotel. So when he leaves or has left in the past, he forgets He, he forgets and he becomes his normal self. And also to a degree, I mean, when you really think about kind of this relationship with him and March, to, to a degree, March is almost possessing him, kind of, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um. And so, John, you know, John finally admits that he's loved killing and has been had this darkness in him all his life. And, right. Um, he embraces sort of, it. There's so many questions I have for you that I want to. Oh boy, I'm not gonna go answer any of them. I'm sure of it. <laughs> I want to, but I'm gonna be like, uh, I don't know. Lou can answer them. But so let's let's kind of finish up with this whole thing with um. Low interacting with Andy. So we learn that kind of um, Andy has been a little bit, not courting Alex, but comforting her, coveting mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. Um, over this whole time. And it seems like um, Lowe has known about it all the time. As far from I can tell, they never actually consummated an affair. I it, couldn't tell because I, I, I feel like it was heavily hinted at that they, that they did. You think so? Because I, 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 I wasn't sure. Yeah, I think they did, but that's also me being a little more pessimistic, I guess, in life. <laughs> But I, I think I think it was I don't know. I, mean, I guess that's like. true because he at one point Loa initially wants to can kill them for adultery, right? But then he ends up and like March is like, no, that's way too obvious. Kill this couple instead. Right. So then we see him, and that's this is right. when we get that that's montage right. where he starts like, you know, nailing tongues to walls and cutting people's eyes out, and we yeah. see him uh, setting up that whole horrible scene in the hotel room and everything like that. Also, yeah, you can never kill. In the in the hotel itself, Cortez, and you can't and he yeah like you don't kill your wife for your first one because that's too obvious. Well, and Andy says the thing like, well then how do you explain that guy you saw in the hat in the house? And mm-hmm. basically, March is like, I saw a manifestation of myself, which is basically a physical manifestation of his split personality, which is in the garb of Mar- James March's time, I think, for 
obviously right. for intentional reasons. Absolutely. So let's talk. Okay, and so so he kills Andy. And he does. <laughs> he kills Andy, and that's his you know coveted. Thou shalt not and, covet your neighbor's wife. And he cuts off his penis. Yes, that's what he cut off. I time. couldn't tell. Asser replayed that too. I was like, "What organ is that?" And he's like, "Ah, yes, the organ of adultery, or something like that." And I so I assume it's his wiener, but I don't. I I couldn't that, really tell. That, that's what I thought it was. I wrote Andy's penis question. <laughs> <laughs> it was very nondescript, but or maybe it was balls. I don't know. Or I think there were balls. In, I don't know. It was. It was a. It was a uh, more than just the tip. Let's say that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it was, yeah, uh, a full ensemble. And um, at this point, Lowe has become full Ten Commandments killer, it yep. seems like. He is yep. totally manifest, and when he talks to Iris, it's like pretty, he actually remembers things, and she's like, oh, thank God you finally remember stuff. His uh, personalities have fully blended together, and now he's well aware of who he is and what he does, and he's embraced it, and he's going uh, for it. And he's creepy as hell. Oh, like, God. He's got that it. crazy look in his eyes. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. So this is probably why they hired um, Wes Bentley, because he does have that creepy thing going on. I mean, he was okay. He he was never bad in the first couple episodes when he's this tortured dad police officer but or homicide detective. But now seeing him, like, flip a switch and, and shift into this uh, serial killer, it, it like, you definitely sense it. I, he owns I, it, for yeah. sure. When we saw him as um, the manifestation, kind of looking like James March, I was like, "Ooh, goosebumps!" Oh, and when he has that, when he has that like crazy look in his eye with Iris, and like oh. she's like, "You don't have to do this. You can leave anymore." And he's like, "Key to room sixty three, please." Yeah, four. And it was like, or, sorry, sixty. Yeah, sixty four. It was like a little bit chilling. Yeah, I, yeah. It was. It was nice. I I like that he's. Thank God we're finally at this point because I yes. hope that he just is like this crazy nuts killer for the whole rest of the season. Oh yeah, that'd be fantastic. Like the so, leash is off. Yes. Number of things to consider and point out here. So, March being the killer all along, let's think about a lot of different interactions that March has actually had with the killer. Aside from just seeing himself, right. he got that text message, so to speak. You know, he got the text message that was from the killer. Right. And um, he, you know, he's talked to him on the phone all these different times. He gets the package in the mail from him. Right. I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, we, I think we've even said in the past, like, well, why didn't he show that text to Andy or so different stuff like that? Or mm-hmm. why didn't he mention that he actually talked to the killer on the phone? Yeah. Well, now it well, all makes obvious, more sense. It was yeah. in his head the whole time. It's very uh, Rick Grimes, Lori, after Lori dies. So, mm-hmm. Oh, spoiler yeah. alert. But that's... Hallu- hallu- hallucina- yeah, hallucination. That's and I mean, it, like you said before, it's very Fight Club, you know? Yeah. Um, it's kind of one of those things where, like, you you imagine, like, was he just talking on the phone to himself the whole time? Yeah. Like, you want to see those scenes where it was just... Exactly. Like, oh, yeah, that would be cool if we go back and see that. And so we also learn, obviously, that Sally kind of sent Ren after She charged her to protect John Logue. She really seems to deeply care about him. She does have a care for him, and it'll be interesting to see how she feels about him now that he's full Ten Commandments. Exactly, yeah. Um, But, yeah, that relationship is interesting and interesting that Ren in particular... um, it, it makes you then look back at their interaction last episode and like obviously she was aware of him having split personalities and knew who she was interacting with at the time being but it kind of makes her hopelessness I guess a little bit more tangible and she knew that by going back to the Cortez it would then revive the Ten Commandments low versus the regular low do you notice that Sally always looks like she's crying yes mm-hmm. okay I was wondering that too. Is that supposed to be like her makeup style, or is that like she's I think she's permanently... always tortured like that? I guess she looks so goddamn depressed all the time and sad. Well, and obviously, her the love of her life is this 
split personality yeah. serial killer. Yeah. So the Ten Commandments. What I wish a little bit that I think would have made this um, a better revelation, so to speak, is mm-hmm. I wish we had had more pretext for the religion aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it seems so arbitrary that all of a sudden Lowe would care about the Ten Commandments, and the same with March. That being said, unless the whole point of it is the irony of them being interested in killing people for the you know, for religious justice. Right. When, and I mean, maybe that brings in, it makes March's whole speech to that guy who was praying more significant. Right. Because then it's almost ironic that he's killing people in the name of the Bible. And he's so sacrilegious. <laughs> right. And it's just like, just basically showing like how little that, you know, any form of law or whatever means. It's just all about basically the universe is anarchy, I guess, and he's he's kind of trapped low in that same scenario a little bit. Right. Um, and I, you know, but at the same time, it's also then arbitrary that he convinces Lowe that that should be the form of justice is the Ten Commandments versus, you know, just vigilante Batman style capturing of villains. So I guess I wanted to, at this point, now that we've kind of gone through everything, talk about, do you feel like this is an authentic... This was an authentic... Was this an authentic course for the show to take? I think it was the direction they laid out from the beginning, and I think they got to where they wanted to go. I agree with you. I wish there had been a little more um, laying of the storyline more delicately or or, or engaging-wise than all of a sudden jumping to, oh my god, we're at a crime scene for the Ten Commandment Killers, and now we're back at the hotel. I, I, it always felt like a, like a uh, disparate... Um, Storyline. I know, mm-hmm. and Lowe was the only real connection to the Ten Commandment Killers, which is what led us to think it was him in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. So, it, had it been incorporated a little better, I would have enjoyed this reveal a lot more. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I. I mean, I would say, and I'm very curious to hear how other people felt about it because we, you and I, have talked about this for some time. That I feel like for neither of us, it was a particular surprise. Right. That Lowe was the. I'm curious for anybody if it was a surprise that Lowe was the Ten Commandments Killer. Um, but I feel, you know, kind of how things have led up to this, It's I feel like for most people they would say, well, we kind of saw this coming yeah. at this point. I feel like when I was watching, I looked over at my friend and we kind of did a, like, eyebrow raise and a shrug like, like, like duh. There it was, like, yeah. yeah. And I think, yeah, I think it could have been handled with a little bit more subtlety and... Um, you know, I, I wonder if maybe they refrain from the religious elements in Lowe's in the normal Lowe personality to keep it like more of a surprise. But at the same time, it would have been interesting if there was some way to incorporate that more, that maybe the religion had some kind of significance to Lowe. Um, it's interesting, too, that, I mean, <clears throat> in American Horror Story, we've obviously seen, obviously seen a lot of religious stuff done. And and this kind of falls in line with Brian Murphy and Brad Falchuk, like, kind of hating religion. <laughs> And then here they are using it as a way to actually murder people, uh, which is obviously, as we've said, very seven. But, you know, you think about, you know, asylum uh, and all the religious stuff there and how evil it is. And this is kind of them doing that again in this season. Well, and also very obviously, John Lowe is a hypocrite. You mm-hmm. know, he he's a he, thou shall not kill. He's killing everybody. I know that's that's the one commandment that I'm excited to see. I feel like that'll be the last one. And thou shalt not commit adultery. He's done that too. Mm-hmm. And so it's not... And I think that, like, um, I think all this... At the beginning of the season, it was like, we thought this was some kind of religious fundamentalist. But, like, knowing that this was just like a... 
you know, like I, I keep saying the word arbitrary, an arbitrary like um, infrastructure of rules that Lowe decided to pick for justice. Right. Um, I guess I, I guess James March is, is what the main influence for that was, and I think that March is doing it as kind of a fuck you toward religion mm-hmm. almost, um, is the best answer for that because otherwise it doesn't really line up. Now, let's talk about the potential. So, how many commandments are left? I I have two. Is that what you let me see? Believe here. as well. I have it pulled up. Uh, I trust you. What are the two that are left? Thou shalt not kill. I know is is one of them. Yeah. Thou shalt. Oh yeah, there are two left. Um. We did covet, we did bear false witness, we did steal, we did adultery, we did father, mother, Sabbath day. Um, th- we, we did the Sabbath day? We did Sabbath. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Is that one? I, what do you have? Yes, I, yeah, graven, I guess, because, um, is that, is that, it's like the second Idolatry? One. Yeah, it's I I yeah, it is worship of idols. Is it so I think maybe thou shalt not have other gods before me. Oh, that's what it is. You're right. The so first thou shalt not kill and thou shalt have no other gods before me. So I think those are the two we have left. Um do you want do you have any predictions you want to throw out with these two? I mean, there are a hundred characters in this show that have god complexes, so <laughs> like he could take out any of them. It'll be interesting to see who he takes. Um I mean, first at the t- off the top of my head, I think it's either going to be March or the Countess, right? The count- well, and March is already dead. Yeah, so, so I think that I agree with you that the Countess, especially because it seems like maybe youth or um, immortality is kind of you know, or she kind of yeah, like you said, she kind of has a god complex because of her immortality. Well, look at like you know, if 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 one of her lovers decides to take another lover, she kills that lover and banishes them. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's as easy as that for her. So because they found someone else to worship or mm-hmm. love, she's like, "Nope, can't do that. You're dead. Peace." How about thou shalt not kill? I've got a theory for that. I want to hear what yours is. Uh, he'll kill himself. Oh, that's what I was gonna say too. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's like we're pretty on the same wavelength there. Yeah, right? I think I think that'll be the end of it. He already has tried to kill himself. <laughs> yeah, but I think it'll be more dramatic. Yeah, even you know, as the final. But I am looking forward. I hope that we see like this crazy-eyed Wes Bentley for the whole rest of the show. Totally, I'm so excited. Although this is key. Okay, another inter- I mean thing to point out is throughout this whole five-year span that he kept showing up to the hotel as this alternate identity, he never clearly never saw Holden because that was part of what was um, compelling him to to kill all the time was this pain he had from not seeing Holden. He didn't start seeing Holden until he his alternate personality was the one who was appearing at the Cortez. That's right. So I guess that the countess just went to elaborate lengths to keep him hidden. That's a good point. I don't. I guess so. Or he was so drunk and just partying with March all the time that he never wandered the hotel enough. Or I don't. Yeah, I don't know. That, that is a little odd that he wouldn't. He wouldn't notice his son, who was the reason he got pushed into this dark place. You know, to to ever notice him. At and all. I can't help but feel that there's going to be some discovery when he stumbles upon. And realize what's happened with Holden, that right. they, that's going to cause some kind of revelation. Maybe that's what's going to cause him to kill the Countess, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, that definitely could push him over. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a whole lot of interesting theories going on here. 
Um, I mean, yeah, that's the <laughs> other thing. So like, so the, like, also like good Holden or like like you know not the crazy not killer Holden but the other. I'm sorry, low. low. Um, he did see. Uh, he did stumble upon. Even though they told him he was hallucinating, he did stumble upon Alex and Holden sleeping together in that glass coffin. So he, I mean, does. I don't know. Will that break him when now that he's like knows he's sane or well he's crazy, but he's you know he's has his sanity in some sense. That if he does see Holden again, he'll know it's probably Holden, or will he still think he's crazy? Right. I think that's gonna that's it'll a million dollar question. Yeah. Um, And that's one of the you know last dynamics we have left, and that's what I think. That's yeah. That's one of the things that could bring in the whole hotel. Um, He also could kill Alex. For leaving him for Holden, but but Alex is dead. Well, uh, no, well, Alex she's, is not dead. She's no, like, she's not. She's a vampire. So yeah. she's like. Well, and I guess Donovan is not actually dead either. Yeah, that's true. Um, just re- recalling people. Oh my god, I love I love the hotel now with with uh, with um, low now full on crazy mode, and then everyone like loose running around the hotel trying to kill the countess and. Oh, it's it's. I'm so excited for next week. Because <laughs> we, I mean, we've got five episodes left, right? Yeah. So there's a lot, a lot. That's a lot of time yeah. for things to happen. So people are going to start dying, like legit. Dying. I hope they are at least. This is this is American Horror Story we're talking about too, where no one really dies. The shit finally needs to fall. Yeah. For, for real at this point in time. Yeah. So let's just hope that Liz Taylor survives everything. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, I guess so. Anyway, with this revelation, with this episode, what's your overall take? With the rating. With the rating, I give this. Okay, so I liked. I liked the episode. I thought it was great. The reveal was predictable, um, which is fine uh, if they do it well. And I thought they did a pretty good job. I liked that the uh, we focused on one kind of narrative the whole time, and we were anchored with the flow the whole way through and kind of go through his process of uh realizing who he is and what he was doing and how and how he was manipulated into doing that um that being said i think you know it wasn't my favorite episode even though it was a good one um i would put it at a 3.75 stars so not not a four but just under a four that's solid i would say that I agree that it was not a particularly surprising reveal. That having been said, I think that we've criticized the show a lot in the past for having contrived mm-hmm. plot lines. And so the fact that this was not forced and it did feel natural, it did I think planned. is a positive yeah. thing. I agree. Yeah, it seemed like a thought they had planned from the beginning. So I do appreciate that, and That's I give them point. credit for that. I do feel like we also filled some other plot holes that like make a little bit more sense, learn more about Sally, learn more about Lowe's past, that kind of thing. That... um brings things together makes it a little bit more cohesive going into kind of this home stretch which we're going to consider probably the past you know next five episodes um i do however you know i am a little skeptical about the lead up to low being like religion being the framework for the ten commandments killer um unless i mean you know we're looking at this super philosophically like we're talking about you know james march's like basically ironic embracing of the Bible or whatever. You know, that's a level that I'm not sure they actually considered or whether we're being taking things to a higher level or not. Um, So I don't, I guess I don't know how to feel. And I do wish there was elements that maybe made this like a little bit more, 
I mean, we were building up to it and logoing crazy. And I, oh, this is a question I wanted to ask you. Did you think that he was going to kill Andy the whole time or that he really was there to confess? At the beginning, I really thought he was there to confess it. Yeah, at the beginning, I thought he was going to confess. And then when it started to turn, I still thought he was just there confessing and talking to his buddy. And then by the end, I was like, oh, I see where this is going. Right at you the think end, he though. Would, right at the end. Was, so he was there to kill Andy the whole time, right? I guess. Like, yeah, I guess so. But he acted it so well that it looked... I, you know. Uh, also, why that was a good twist, at the morgue, yeah. like where there's probably hell of cops around and people. And I mean, people. I guess he's feeling like now he can, like everybody else, disappear into the Cortez and yeah. is essentially like has the protection of James March, which is the protection of like a supernatural being. Yeah. And so it seems like at the Cortez, any the Cortez protects you from pretty much being found out from all these murders you commit. Exactly. Essentially. I don't know. There's yeah, so many. There was definitely things I liked in this episode. Loved James March. Um, this is for me. This is like the bounce back for Evan Peters after a couple poor seasons. Absolutely. Um, I really enjoyed Wes Bentley in this episode too, and especially new crazy Wes Bentley, which I hope to dear God we hold on to. Um, yeah, I thought this was a solid episode. I think I'm going to give it a four. And now that I think about it, so seven and three um, quarters. Yeah, I think that's, that's pretty a good. pretty. I think that's pretty solid, and I I like the. And, you know, in a lot of ways this was expo- or expositional because it's getting us to the point where we're going to kind of – shit's going to fall, which mm-hmm. is what's coming in the next episode. We finally – you know, we've been kind of building up to Donovan and um, Ramona's revenge mm-hmm. plot. I love for it. For quite excited. some time now. Yeah, so it's finally things are going to fall into place, and now we have also Nuts Low on the release too. So it's like how is he going to be an X Factor in all this? Right, plus it's happening on uh, the Countess's wedding day it looks like. Yeah, we get some, like, Rick's cool. going to finally understand, like, this is, <laughs> he's yep. been so oblivious so yeah. far. <laughs> no, I think it's going to be entertaining. I, yeah, I'm I'm pleased with it. So I'm excited to see what happens. But um, I think this was a good development, and I think that as, as obvious as it might seem to us now, I think it was, this was the only way things could have gone. Yeah. Any other, I mean, I feel like any other way, it just would have been, yeah, it would have seemed forced. So I appreciate that. Me too. It was nice cool. to see them kind of seem they they came up with the storyline early on. It seems and this was crafted and thought out. And th- then here's the revelation. Great. They followed it through. As opposed yeah. to like you say, sometimes we do reviews for episodes in in previous seasons, and it's a just WTF. Like what? Like characters make weird choices, and things happen, and people show up, and it's just seems out of place and bizarre. This felt like it was actually <laughs> organic. Well, and yeah, and even um, we forgot to mention at the end again here, the Countess picking Holden now makes a lot more sense. And so there's more continuity to this season than there has been in at least the past couple, which I appreciate. Agreed. Cool. Well, I think that kind of wraps, I guess, wraps things up for the Ten Commandments Killer and puts us in a very good position for going forward. All the players are in place. I'm excited to see what happens, what unfolds. Okay. Well, um, thank you very much, everybody, for... uh, Bearing with us um, for a couple day delay and for, uh, of course, listening. We really appreciate your support and for commenting on pod, uh, the Facebook page and via email. Continue to do that. Um, Facebook.com slash This American Horror Story and Facebook, or uh, sorry, This American Horror Story at gmail.com. And iTunes, please rate us, review us. means a lot to us. We do go look and read those and it warms our heart. For real. Truth. Uh, Chris, where can people keep uh, following you? For these, um, for this interlude between now and next week, all the social media stuff at Chris Husted, except Snapchat. That's 
the Chris, the Chris Husted, Chris with the K. What about you, Tyler? And Chris is an excellent Snapchatter. I will vouch for that. <laughs> uh, people can follow me at all those places at tjmoss11. Check me out. And um, yeah, we love interacting with you guys. And thanks for listening again. And uh, man, till next week, happy hauntings. <laughs>